Real live. Welcome back. We're to another episode of What Is Your Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus at Work. And today we got a special guest with us, Terrence. Terrence, so coming up. Hey, what's up with you, man? How <laughs> man, you what's good with you? Uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming through, man. Uh, you know, with your busy schedule and all. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Nah, you trying to pencil us in, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to match your schedule, you know what I'm saying? Uh, man, uh, a man of many moves. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, you don't want them problems. <laughs> you don't want them problems. Uh, yeah, so I, I brought Terrence on uh, today. He's um, uh, one of a uh, few different hosts of the Fellas Podcast, right? Yep, yep. Okay, okay. So uh, give us a little bit of rundown of you, your background, and then and how that translates to the uh, Fellas Podcast. Okay. Well, everybody knows I'm Terrence. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, co-host of uh, Fellas Podcast, uh, Elevator One Network, okay. CEO of Elevator One Network. And, um, you know, I'm just a humble dude that just, you know, just ne- likes to network, know a lot of people. Right, right. And um, like to talk shit. <laughs> Might have I cuss on here? No, okay, okay, of course. Just of course. Sure. Okay. Of course. This is not a family show. <laughs> okay, okay. Just making sure, you know. Hey, just to let you know, um, when you was on Phil's podcast, yeah, yeah. you did great numbers. I just want to, I just want to give you your, your hand clap right now. You know uh, what I'm saying? Th- give th- you th- a, pop your collar one time. You know what I'm saying? People like, man, I learned so much from him. Uh, uh, I say, hey, uh, we'll hit him up. <laughs> he does offer services. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I think, um, especially with the podcast game, you know, it's all about, you know, bringing, um, guests or networking with individuals that adds value. You know, to 100%. you know what yeah. you're doing, and yeah. you know people can get something from because nobody want to spend time, you know, listening to a podcast for an hour or two hours or whatever it is, and they don't feel like they learned or got any kind of uh, entertainment value, not right? At all. Right, not at all. right, right. So yeah, man, I try to I try to do my thing, whatever. So how did you um, how did you get into the whole podcast game? Um, be honest with you, somebody asked me to like they was like you should do radio. I used to DJ. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I DJ house parties, stuff like that, yeah. little, little small gatherings, whatever. And um, they're like, man, you're a funny dude, blah, blah. You like to talk. You could go to, into any room and adapt to the crowd in that room. You should do a podcast. You should do a radio show. I'm like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so um, I talked to my boy. Shout out to my boy, Danny B. I Danny talked B. to my Shout aunt. That's Danny a, B. The, our other host. And um, it was like... I don't know if we want to do this. And I'm like, well, let's do it. We could we could do it like a record label, whatever, right, 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 you know right. what I mean? And so I talked to another guy who already had a podcast, and I was like, look, we could build this shit like a record label on up. We'll be the group. You'll mm-hmm. be the solo act, yada, yada, yada. Right, right, right. Um, and it just went from there, and then shit started going differently than what we expected. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, now we got to learn on the go. Right, All right, right, now we don't have this person that we were going to start with, so let's – Maneuver. Right, then we right. had other hosts and stuff like that that mm-hmm. came apart and had to leave and you know so forth and so forth. But yeah, it was like a, a uphill battle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, to, to answer your question, um, just being able to talk and really just network with people. Everybody's like, you should you should be doing some type of sh- radio show or podcast. Oh, okay. So it started with the DJ thing mm-hmm. and that kind of branched into the whole podcast and thing like mm-hmm. that, kind of expanding, mm-hmm. you know, from the... But um, did you just stop DJing altogether or no, you, not, you incorporating um, that in some way? Well, or? see, like DJ, like music has always been my first love. Okay. Um, so, like music is always still a part of me. Like I even got an album coming out, right? Okay, dope. Uh, October 8th. So, okay, October uh, 8th. I'll we'll, plug you in with the information. Yeah. But um, what happened was I, I kind of put down a back burner um, because, like, 
I know that this podcast stuff takes a lot. You know how it, is. Uh, it takes yeah. a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I started doing. I started like really focusing on the podcast stuff. Plus, the DJ and stuff was just like by contact. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like I was already starting to do other stuff anyway. Uh -huh. So like I still got the skill, but you know, it was, it was I wasn't doing it like a, a friends in or right, right, you know right, what I mean. Right. So. Uh, I was like, let's go a podcast for right, 100%. Right. Okay. So I, I noticed uh, when, when I did the podcast with you that you um, you had the uh, the Fellas podcast, but you had uh, Champagne Talks too. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. what, what is the main difference between the two? Okay. Champagne Talks is more of uh, interview-based. It's more of a I pull up to you, and we definitely talk about everything about you. Yeah, yeah. The podcast is like people are coming to us right, right. and we kind of interview them sometimes, but it's more so like we're having a barbershop talk. Right, right, right. So like the, the champagne talk, we're going to get more in depth. We're going to drink champagne. We're yeah. going to, it's going to get more into detail. It's a whole different audience. Okay. The podcast, we're going to talk shit. You know what <laughs> I mean? We're going to, we're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to, you know, go over a little bit of questions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Duh, duh, duh. So, um, You've been doing a podcast for how long now? We've been doing it a year. A year? Yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So within that year, how has your journey been? You oh, know, uh, you know the ups and downs and oh, okay. you know, the whole... Well, um, it was a lot of downs. <laughs> <laughs> to start. <laughs> because, yeah, like the first, uh, the first, I want to say six podcasts that we did, like we had to do like seven different takes to that one podcast. So oh, like wow. the first one, the second one, the third one, it was at a point where we were like, all at work, and uh, I asked the supervisors or the managers, like, yo, let me um, use your dispatch office right, right. or whatever, like, after everybody goes home, right. and, like, we're going to record in here. Right, right, right. And um, that was the hard part, because, like, you could hear people dropping mics oh, yeah. and radios and stuff, like, in the background, um, or people would walk in while we were trying to record, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. and then, like, a lot of good audio went to shit because like we didn't record it right yeah yeah so it's the it's the learning curve of mm -hmm. the technical side right yes yes on top of you know what actually goes in the episode as far as the content mm -hmm. and the questions and who you're talking yep. to uh yeah um i like this is like the third episode of even just doing this podcast mm -hmm. and i'm just like mm, I don't know if I have the time for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very time consuming. Like a lot of people think you could just press play yeah, yeah. or press record yeah. and just start talking. Right, right. And it's like uh, it's a lot that goes behind it. You gotta if you if you do video, you gotta mm. have your your camera people, yep. or you gotta know how to really work the camera, yeah. and you gotta be able to do the audio on top of mm -hmm. know what you're talking about on mm -hmm. the podcast. You do a show run, you know what I mean? Like, right, so right. you just don't get up here and talk and right, right. have lighting right. You got it's just a little <laughs> small shit, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of people think that you could just sit, press record, and yeah, that's yeah. not how it goes. That's not how it goes. It so what, what kind of advice would you have for those that are just starting today thinking about making a podcast, like, you know, based on, you know, where you are in your journey with it, what kind of insight you think you'll be able to get to them? I would tell them have a lot of patience. Have a <laughs> lot of patience because, um, like, one, you're not getting, like, especially right off the bat, unless you got, like, major sponsors, you're not getting paid right off the bat. Right, so right. you spend more money and time than yeah. you are getting out of it, right? Right, right. And so then you got to learn, learn what you want to, learn the audience that you want to cater to. Right, right, right. Because, I, like, for example, like me, I'm not going to go into politics or religion because i know that like that's not my audience yeah so you got to know your audience you just can't go 
talking mm-hmm. and like because you got turn a lot of people off right right, you right. Know? so so um so part of it is kind of you know you know mapping it out before kind of getting going right because yes. once you get the cameras going once you get you know the equipment if you got a studio or you gotta you know rent a studio whatever it is you gotta kind of map out okay a what kind of audience mm-hmm. that you're looking to cater to with yep. your podcast and that's dealing a little bit with the content and the structure Correct. and then we you know with the with the equipment and the the video content is just like okay well are you good with a video right or do you, or you want to pay two thousand dollars for a camera yeah. or like even then then who's gonna edit are you gonna edit exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like the crazy thing is like I learned how to do the audio like on watching a million different videos yeah, yeah. and just like I had a little I had the insight from the DJ or whatever so I know right, how to right. you know yeah, work, yeah. maneuver around a little bit I don't know shit about video <laughs> I, I don't I, I'm not gonna lie I don't right. know shit about video so Danny we bought, we bought cameras yeah. Danny learned how to edit when we start doing this shit. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You, so, it's a continually learning Yeah, so thing. we learn, like, even even now, like, I'm still... The thing is, I never get complacent, and mm-hmm. I never get comfortable. Right, so right. I'm learning how to do different tricks. Even remember when we were with you, mm-hmm. I learned how to, oh, okay, a switcher would take out the yeah. editing process. Yeah, that was actually... He had a pretty cool setup with yeah. the switcher shit. So oh, we yeah. went, and we, we got a similar setup now. Okay, dope. Um, where... It's, it's it makes it so much easier. Yeah, yeah I see, I've seen Danny outro. over there. Like, so how does that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is Shout that right? Danny B. What what equipment is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we had to do. And so, um, just right off the bat, first year, I spent probably like over ten th- grand just with studio costs. We're talking about uh, cameras, <sighs> audio equipment, um, having people like getting people there. You know, yeah. like Ubers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I and I learned that a lot of our fans. They don't like they don't like when we have guests on. Like it has to be really? certain guests. Yes, they yeah. hate they hate it. Like I get like messages on um, Instagram, yeah. and they'll be like, "Why are you having this person on? They, <laughs> they, they do nothing for your show. It made the show boring with the right, right, or right. they're not talking about nothing." The only the only um, guest that we had that like our fans really really was like yeah. giving us that hand clap is you, uh, G Six. Uh, Angela from Faded True, shout out right, to Faded right. True. Shout out to Angela. Uh, Jake, they like Jake because he was talking Jake, about his yeah. crypto and he's a um, yeah. People are interested in that yeah, crypto he, stuff. Yeah, he, he's a he's a familiar face in Vegas. Right, right, right. Um, and then uh, my Winter Circle brothers with uh, Bobby McRoy and uh, and my boy Antoine Freethinker. Shout right. out to Freethinker. Um, so basically, uh, you need just like high quality individuals that like have a lot of value in what mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, and it kind of got to, they kind of had to align with us. Right, right, right. You know right, what right. I mean? Like, so, like, we have a music artist on, they're going to like it a little bit, but mm-hmm. they're not going to really care because they're talking about their music. They're not really, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They're not yeah, really aligned there, with us. And then it depends on the guest too, because sometimes they go right into plugging, yeah. less so of adding value. Exactly. Right, right. And so um, then I learned that a lot of our fans, like I ask questions, mm-hmm. like I said, ask me questions, I answer them on the show, blah blah. Right, right, right. And a lot of our uh, a lot of our fans, they're like always asking relationship questions. Okay. So I said, okay, well, we're gonna have another segment where I bring women on the show. And uh, I seen a few of those. They, yeah, yeah they, that's, they love those. They yeah. love, yeah, they yeah. love those because I'm basically giving guys because a lot of guys, let's be honest, a lot of guys they are not. 
they're not comfortable with women or they're scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah. There's a and I've been seeing that you know, uh, especially on YouTube with you know the little dating coaches, whatever mm -hmm. they give it relationship advice mm -hmm. for the guys. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if you approach a woman like this, this is going to be the results. Don't do that. Like, you just kind of yeah. giving them insight for confidence and dealing with women. And stuff a lot like of men uh, grasp to that because like we don't have like we have more space for women giving women uh, dating advice yeah. and advice and stuff like that. Plus you got all these movements and stuff like that where man, we don't have a, a space where man could just be man and learn from, you know, how uh, really and, and we don't really talk about that. Yeah, We don't and, really talk about and it. And then if we are talking about it, it's talking about the wrong part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've said, okay, we don't have to after dark. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to bring women on so man can understand how women really think because we think completely opposite yeah. of each other. We know uh, that we're yeah, biologically yeah. different, Absolutely. so <laughs> mentally different. Yeah. Like what pleases them doesn't you know it yeah. doesn't work for Don't us. Don't care. Yeah. So um, and but at the same time we're giving women gems on how to really deal with men. Uh, especially the man that they want, right, right. and like shit that they don't, that that man don't tell them because men are too afraid or they are trying to mack them or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. We're telling them upfront how this is, but actually giving uh, man game on how women really think. Mm -hmm. So like people love that shit. Like Duh, yeah, yeah. So okay, so the name of this podcast is "What Is Your Legacy." When you hear "What Is Your Legacy," what comes to mind? Um, just me or oh just in general yeah like, you yeah. like what legacy are you trying to uh be known for mm -hmm. um or when you die you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you die like yeah. what do you want people to say about you yeah um at your funeral right, right so right. like like for me example yeah i was like okay when i die because <laughs> we all we're all gonna die one yeah. day, right <laughs> i want everybody to say look man that dude was a solid dude yeah he was funny as hell and he provided a lot of value. Okay. Duh, mm -hmm. duh, duh, duh. Yeah. Um, now, does part of that, of what you want to be known for, um, in which it sounds like really focusing on you being a genuine quality uh, person that connects with people well, um, now what part of that with dealing with the podcast and the business ventures and things that you're doing, what part of that kind of aligns with that? Because that, I mean, that's an element of it and that ties into everything. Okay. But um, like far as... Uh, something tangible to kind of leave to the next generation what would you want that to be be honest with you um what i like see i already got my exit strategy okay so like with everything i want my that's why the network is called elevated one yeah because i want to elevate and then pass the game and pass on what i already built on to the next generation for example like my son like your kids like yeah, right yeah, yeah. you want to give all this to your kids and let yeah. them do they think right, and, right, right. you know already has something built in place for them right yeah, yeah. so that's my end goal is to for my the kids that I coach uh my nieces and nephews mm -hmm. my my son and if I ever have any other kids uh, I want them to have pla multiple platforms mm -hmm. where they can be like okay well my dad my uncle my whatever did this is already in place I'm going to build it up even more absolutely you know um like like for example like big companies right like you see like third generation people that took over that company. It might've been their grandfathers mm -hmm. and then they passed it on to the dad or the mom yeah. or whatever. And then the mom and dad got older or they passed away and then right. they passed it on to the kids mm -hmm. and the kids is running. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when it get down to that level, like they run into shit, mm -hmm. but <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, yeah. But we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to keep on elevating it. I'm not pressuring you to do what I do, but you, you have this space in this network to mm -hmm. where uh, you could do, 
whatever you want out of this. You already have it built. You right, right, right. I'm always intrigued because um, kind of in the entrepreneurial space, like like part of it has to be dealing with, you know, dealing with clients and, you know, mm-hmm. generating revenue and things like that. Another part is kind of the networking and making sure you're building strong relationships. That can lead to more business. Yes. Um, and then there's a fundamental kind of research and development part where you kind of work on your mindset. You work mm-hmm. on like, okay, you know, refocus on what you're doing. You get a bigger picture like, okay, I'm doing this, but does this align in kind of a progress report per se? Right. Uh, analyzing what you're doing. Um, I notice I'm always intrigued by stories of, you know, people that leave legacies um, that puts me in the mindset because they see, people see where they are now. So something like a, you know, like a Netflix. People see Netflix mm-hmm. and like, oh, yeah, it's a giant company. Yeah, they beat um, Blockbuster and now they're just boop, 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 boop. So that's the, like the rosy color version. Yeah. For me, that doesn't really intrigue me. What intrigues me is, the obstacles it took for them to get there, right? Yeah, me too. Not yeah, yeah. Like, what was the CEO doing before he was CEO? Mm-hmm. And what was the obstacles they were doing that? So that kind of intrigues me. So that means, you know, there was someone with the Rockefellers and all of these very prominent people in society that went through the sacrifice of creating that foundation, right? Right. Now, they might have thousands of employees and they're known all over the world and all this, mm-hmm. but it took one or a collection of people to create that foundation for those generations to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm always intrigued by that process because it's like, what made that guy so special? Right. Like how? Like Because that's, that's a special breed, right? The, guy, the guys that's running it, that's a whole different thing. And they had different skill sets mm-hmm. to make sure that it runs correctly. But the mindset of the person that took it from nothing to something and right. built it from something to where it is now, that guy is like the anchor for all of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of funny that you say that uh, because with myself, I'm one of those people like I'm a, I'm a listener and I'm a learner. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's my greatest asset is that I listen and I learn either from people's good mistakes or bad mistakes, right? Yeah. So um, I guess you would say I'm kind of like a chameleon in the room mm-hmm. because like, I could walk in, in a room and I'm not looking to be the smartest dude in the room. Right. I'm looking to learn from everybody in that room, right? right. So with me, I'm always, like like you said, I'm, I'm intrigued by how did this person get to this spot. I don't want, I don't want to see the end goal. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't care about that. That's, that's for the fans. <laughs> right, right? Right, right. I want to see what took all the sacrifices that this person took. I want to see like the processes that they had to go through yeah. um, to build this to where they are now. Like, I don't, right, I don't, right. I don't care about the end result. I don't care about <laughs> right, like you getting the, all the money. Like yeah. I, I, I can figure that out later. <laughs> right, you know right. what I'm saying? That's for the fans. Uh, I like to see all that, just the before process, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only problem I would say that a lot of people are, in today's society, they always just want to see the end process. Right, right. And so that's the biggest problem. They don't care about the, the beginning or right, right. how it started or the foundation of it. They care about, like, okay, like a Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. They don't care how... They don't care about yeah. 80s Jay-Z. Yeah, they yeah. care about, oh, he's the, the yeah. Magna Carta yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? Co-owner so. of this, this, and that, businesses, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's the end result of, yeah. like, you know, 20, 30 years of grinding. Like, you exactly. Know, 
Yeah. Like, none of this shit happens overnight. And that's when I get back to patience. I get back to patience. I'm like, look, <laughs> like, even though, like, a person was dedicated to their craft or grinding, whatever the case may be, they still had to have patience and see it through. Right, you right, had right. to have the vision and put the vision to paper and, you know, fucking do it, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, have you heard about the, the Netflix story, like, the real story, the story we like of Netflix? You talk about, like, not like not the blockbuster story, right? Okay. No, not the blockbuster story. Not the story of blockbuster where you know they beat them out, blah blah blah. Mm. But like the obstacles they went through while trying to beat blockbuster. Yeah, like because they went through like it was almost going like it wasn't going to be a Netflix. It wasn't no, no. <laughs> they ran out of money. Yeah, right. A couple times. <laughs> yeah. So they have facilities. They have backing and investors mm. and all that. So they had a facility and um, they, you know, because with a subscription model service is you got to keep people happy every month. Mm -hmm. And the moment that they're not, they unsubscribe, yeah. which means less money for you. Correct. And, you know, that's real time. So, you know, if you got 10,000 people that drop off that month, you pretty light yeah. that yeah. month, yeah. right? So, you know, that's where there was running obstacles of always trying to get new content to put on there, keeping people happy, you know, to mm -hmm. keep them coming back with the subscription every month. So they ran out of money with trying to do the all licensing and all that. And uh, I guess that's when um, the um, DVD players for uh, the masses start coming out. Because at first, the DVD players was expensive. Yeah, yeah, it was only for time. rich people, yeah. right? And then they mass started mass producing it at mm -hmm. affordable rate, and everybody started picking them up. So their idea was, oh, okay, let's put free trials in the DVD players, and then, you know, we can get more people mm, interested in knowing about stuff. Right. But they didn't even have enough money to send them overseas to put it in the pallets. So what they did is they went in physical stores, uh, Netflix employees, physical employees. Like, mind you, these days, you can't even find a Netflix employee, uh, right? No. <laughs> no. But at that time, they had physical employees. They went into, like, Blockbuster, Walmart, and went – Back, back in the back room mm -hmm. where they got everything, and um, they opened up every single box and put in free trials. That's just you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the story that intrigues me, yeah. not this other bullshit they talking about. Or like just that. like when, uh, like you said, back in the DVD time, uh -huh. you might remember they you were you had the paper for Netflix or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. and then like you'll uh, it's kind of like with the CDs, they'll send it to you. Um, yeah, by mail. Yeah, by mail. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, nobody remembered that Netflix. Yeah, I remember that Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, when I used to go to the record stores, um, this is before, like, a lot of them start closing down. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of the record stores, they'll have, like, um, the Netflix and, like, different little other subscription-based services on the counter, mm -hmm. like, you know, with the with people's album, little cover sales and shit, yeah. um, or their little poster cards or whatever. They'll yeah. have that on the counter, and, like, you could, like, you could rip it up, like, this thing that you could rip off from the bottom, and you could mail it yeah, yeah. to them and tell them what you want or whatever, and then, like, you'll get, like, so, so many free or whatever, right, or whatever right. the case may be. But, yeah, I remember that time, man. Like, yeah. that, that was, like, the golden age that for was, me. <laughs> that was the foundation of what we see today. Mm -hmm. um, and with this interview that they interviewed the um, – the, the chief of staff for Netflix at that time, and she was giving the real story of him. Um, the dude that interviewed her um, said, well, how did you get the contract to go in there and do that? And she was like, what contract? 
<laughs> hey. we, just, we, we, we got permission from the owner, from the managers, and we was like, we go, yeah, like you we, know, what I'm saying. So, like, you know, on one hand, you know, you got these processes and things and protocol you're supposed to do. Yeah. On the other hand, sometimes that shit don't line up. Like yeah. you gotta, you, you gotta think outside the box yeah. and figure it uh-huh. out. And that pivotal step allowed them to get ahead and you know pushing where they are. Same thing with Amazon, right? Yeah. Like we what Amazon. Remember, started off just selling books. It was yeah, like, yeah, it was only I mean? like, books. And you start from the garage, and you got a little warehouse mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then you start buying out other places. Like, yeah, yeah. either you roll with us, or we gonna buy you out. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So, um, you know, just with everything, like, it, it's always a process to it. But the number one thing I always tell people is, is like in life and in business, you have to pivot. Yeah. So. Like, don't think that this formula is going to work forever. Oh, no. Now, you no, know, no. so, like, every couple of years, you got to pivot. Yeah. I say, like, I tell people every three to four years, you got to pivot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But in these days, sooner than that with technology. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Because, like, look, remember, po- well, podcasting wasn't even popular, like, oh, no. 10 years ago. But it was a lot of podcasts, right? Um, it, was, it, was still, it was still in the radio age. You yeah. know, so I watched the radio stations. They used to have all the equipment, all the mics, and you know, everywhere and stuff like that. To yeah. them, like just having a laptop, right, right, right. And you know, they just basically having a laptop, a mixer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like two mics or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, Same right. thing with Breakfast Club. I don't like Breakfast Club, but like you've seen the evolution of Breakfast Club. Right? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's everything's a process. But all these, the only the the only way all these lasted is because they were able to pivot. Right, right, right. Um, and I think just in the entrepreneurial space in general, um, learning to be comfortable and a little uncomfortable um, with that uncertainty of pivoting um, is a skill set, right? Yes. Because, you know, people's risk tolerance isn't that high, Mm-mm. you know, when they're used to, you know, the nine to five and, you know, I work this amount of hours, I get this amount of pay everything else, you know, I got my free time, this, this, and everything is very kind of structured. Mm-hmm. When you come on this side, it's none of that, right? No. <laughs> so it's, you could put in this amount of hours or triple that amount of hours and might get less money. Like, you, mm-hmm. it's just, um, you gotta be comfortable. You know, even when I just went to California, like, I was debating if I was even gonna go. I was just like, I don't, I don't know, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at this, you know, this is budget. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, bro. Yeah. But when I went, it was absolutely what I needed to do because, like, it allowed me to open the doors to a lot more notable people mm-hmm. that know who I am and things like that. So, you know, and it's not always gonna look like um, very clear cut and very well organized. It's gonna get messy. It's gonna get things that the yeah. numbers are not gonna add up, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But to have the numbers not add up, the fam all over the place. You're figuring out how to even deal with mortgage. You're figuring out how to deal with the kids. You know, because when you decide to take stuff like this on, you still got all the headaches and all yes. the household stuff too. Yes. You it know, doesn't it, stop. it doesn't <laughs> stop, right? So now, if you if, and think about it, most people have difficulty trying to budget for their household. Mm-hmm. And take care of that, you know. Most people, they'll have just their job. They'll work 8 to 10 hours, get off, pick up the kids, clean the house a little bit, maybe watch an hour of a show, and their day is done. Yeah. That's day in and day out. So you trying to fit a business in there? 
That's, you trying to fit, you know what I'm saying, entrepreneurship in there. Yeah. Time that doesn't come back to pay you. You trying mm-hmm. to fit that in there too. Um, yeah, it's going to get messy. <laughs> yes. And then you got to take the aspect of like having a significant other, right? Uh-huh. So a lot of people, they think, okay, well, this person is automatically going to support me. Mm-hmm. But when you start taking time for that person mm-hmm. to put in time to other things and you're already stretching your time thin, yeah. like that support is going to start going down a little mm-hmm. bit because like now it's unbalanced. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like I was supporting you in the beginning, yeah. but like now you, you're podcasting and you're not making time for me mm-hmm. on top of your already busy day. You right, right, I mean? right. So, so they're getting less and less of your time. Yes. And but, you know, it, and then it's a, it's a trade-off because on one hand it's like, this is what's required. And on the other hand, it's like, you know, significant others, like, yo, so, like, you come home for dinner? Like, what, what mm-hmm. we doing? Like, <laughs> you know, and you don't want to ever get to the place where you feel that, or that person feels that they don't matter. Right, or they right. feel like they're, you're playing with their time. Yeah, and um, I th- and I think there's important dialogue and, and conversations to have about that uh, to clarify the motives there. Um, and then I think it comes down to having uh, a significant other or someone you're dealing with that understands that this amount of time, effort, energy, and funding is what's required for building. If they don't have their understanding and they only have a work and come home mindset, mm-hmm. it's not they're not going to be able to understand completely of why all of this matters. Why are you complicating your day? Right. Why are you spending so much money? And why are you doing all of this stuff when you could just work a job, come home, mm-hmm. go to vacation, and relax? Yeah, it's way more simpler uh, doing the nine to five thing. Um, oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it makes it makes everything breezy. Yeah, like you know, it kind of structures whatever you're doing or whatever the case uh, is. You know? and, but the trade off for that because you're paying for it either way. Yeah, because so. The payment there is just focusing on the, the nine to five kind of uh, uh, a lifestyle, and you know things are comfortable, things are predictable, right? Mm-hmm. There is no growth there. No, there's not. So you can literally do that same thing from now into the next twenty years and be the exact same spot. So if you're the type of person where that doesn't sit well with you, and you have aspirations of doing more than that, then now we got to come on the other side where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to put in this time, put in this effort, put in this grind, trying to figure it out. It may or may not work. Because that's, that's the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do all of this and it not work, right? It's no guarantee there. And then you have to be comfortable with that yeah. risk, right? Everything's a risk and reward. I say the nine to five. You're is still a risk and reward because because there's no because at the end with the nine to five thing, there's you know people send you know you hear this um, job security right, mm-hmm. you know good benefits four hundred one k but like okay mm-hmm. to some extent but in life in general, there is no th- such thing as security right no it's there is no safe position yeah no it's all right so. And that's why I, when somebody started talking to me about financial freedom, I walked the other way. <laughs> like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to show you how to do financial freedom. All right, look, look, that's bullshit, okay? Because let's be honest, like CEOs of, of companies or, you know, big mogul mega mm-hmm. moguls, um, they're never financially free. 
You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I mean, you could be well off. Yeah. But, like, are you really financially free? No. I mean, right, unless right. you're Oprah, but even Oprah, yeah. like, a lot of money and time and everything yeah. is a lot of different it's, things. It's almost a result of a lifetime of grinding. Yeah. I mean, that's what it basically is. So, I mean, like, you could be comfortable in your nine to five and it's not a lot of risk, but you could, the risks. In reality, is you could get fired, get injured, they, you know, get replaced, whatever the case is. They can close they, the job. They the can job close the away. company. Your four hundred one k technically is not really yours. Um, if you want me to, well, that's for another podcast. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's yours to extent. But you know, what I mean, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But on the, on the flip side, um, you know, when you're betting on yourself in the entrepreneur space, doing the thing that you love, I think like life is a little bit better because like you're doing, even though you might have to sacrifice more uh you get a more of a reward feeling mm-hmm. because you, you're doing what you love you're doing right. what you like and you don't have to answer mm. well, i mean you, technically you still got to answer to people but you yeah. got to answer to people at the level that you do yeah it's, you know it's, I mean? it's just different right yeah. you know instead of answering to a boss or you know executive that say hey you got to do this task um you're answering to clients <laughs> that pay you right so it's it's just a little different i i spent a lot of work on kind of my mentality and just kind of understanding this you know doing the research of uh the real story of a lot of different companies but also doing um the evaluation of kind of how i want to present and do this thing that i'm doing because um um it can get uh, like for example i got a i got a friend that i spoke to a few days ago she does really well she makes good fucking money um in the medical field but she's not happy right you know i mean she makes the money she you know can afford pretty much anything she wants but she wants to kind of do her own thing to an extent and Mm -hmm. you know kind of phase out and her risk tolerance isn't high she looks at what we're doing like we're superheroes yeah and i'm like you have triple the resources i have Mm mm-hmm what are you talking about? You're going to try this one day. You were saying, yeah, for like, right. how, how does that work? Because yeah. if this, because in her mind, it's like, well, I can try this and it might not work. Or if I try this different position that I like more, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm leaving the other position. I mean, you leaving that comfort to try something new that may or may not work out. And I'm just, you know, spoke to her for over a couple of hours and I'm like, you don't really have a high risk. Like you're sitting on a nice safety cushion. You're in a medical field that isn't going to diminish in value. No. No time soon. So even if it take you a month or two in order to situate and get a different position, that is very stable. So that means making a jump, that's a small jump with very little risk. Try a whole, just try quitting your job completely getting rid of your medical field job or credentials and then try to do something new with only a thousand dollars in your pocket. Now we're in a whole different ball game. That's the risk I'm used to her risk. I'm like, yo, you got this. I know, but it's kind of funny because I know a lot of people, especially in the medical field, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not going to mention no names, but I know a lot of friends Mm -hmm. or associates like that. Like um, they're tired of being in that field. Um, She was telling me, a couple of them actually was telling me that they show on the news that like all these hospitals are full and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But in reality, a lot of hospitals 
appear to be full because they're low on staffing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're tired of their job. They don't want to work, even though they're making all this money. Yeah, yeah. they they don't want to work in that field anymore. They're yeah. they're burnt out. Yeah. You know, they're all this stuff that you know went on this past year, yeah. and you know all these different. Uh, I would say mandates that their job might have them doing or whatever yeah. they don't want to do it no yeah. more. You know what I mean? So a lot of them, they're finding what they love and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, most of them, they have significant others. So yeah. Significant other. Could, right, right, right. Kind of take yeah. They kind of help. I mean, I, you know, and I, and I talk to people as well, especially in this climate where, um, they're debating on do something. Cause it, like, even on the news and stuff, they were, um, there was dubbing it the, um, the great resignation. And it's basically within the last year of dealing with the COVID and things, there's hunt, there's like t- tens of thousands of people that are not going back to their initial positions, mm-hmm. not for the lack of work. Now it's the money itself is no longer a driving force anymore. Yeah. They had enough reset time with the COVID to analyze if they're happy with what they're doing and not mm-hmm. just on the merry-go-round doing the rat race just trying to make the money mm-hmm. right so a lot of people are pivoting i seen the youtube dude he quit his job in the financial field and he was making 120 120 a year and now he just quit in order to try to do the youtube thing and switch to different directions yeah. that's kind of scary for most people right that is extremely scary <laughs> you know so like People are kind of waking up to figuring out what their passions are or, you know, if they can turn it into something, mm-hmm. which I feel like now is the kind of best time to do that. The oh, way yeah, the economy is, especially now, you know, even some of the, you know, the decent positions out there, um, people, these jobs are now having difficulty staffing mm-hmm. because they're just not, they're, people are not taking them. And especially like managerial jobs where they're working yeah. them like 10, 20 hours a week, the 20, 20 hours a day and, you know, company phone home and blacked out vacations and yep. all of that headache and stuff like that. People are not taking it no more. No, um, they're not. <laughs> I know a lot of people in. Yeah, they're I, I, I've seen within these last year, year and a half, I've seen a lot of people turn entrepreneur um, or just really just bet on themselves and go for what they want. I tell everybody that's what they should really do. Um, right. I wouldn't tell you just to like randomly quit and just bet on yourself. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, get to that process where you could do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, do it in um, in a smart way, right? Yeah. And it's important to kind of understand that everything isn't going to line up, right? You know, you, you might be in a situation where you might work the job and have a safety nest or emergency fund in order yeah. to float things while you try to figure this out. Um, you might not have a lot of safety cushion and you have a significant other that they can go ahead and take care of some of that. And you can kind of focus on that if you guys can have that understanding. Mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is very unique and different to them. And especially if you got a family, right? You oh, know, kids, yeah. wife, mortgage, all That's that. That's a determinant factor. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big determinant because you don't want, you don't want your kids quality of life to diminish yeah. because you're trying to figure out, you know, what you want to move because, you know, when you at the grocery store, and they come and they come to you and like, hey, dad, can I get this this, this t- toy? And you looking at your bank account like, yeah, so um, not today. Like, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So kind of having that um, that that understanding and difference of you know 
what that's going to look like for you in the practical next steps. And I encourage, like I was having a conversation with a medical friend, um, you can take baby steps that direction oh, yeah, without 100%. making, because sometimes people think they got to make a huge jump, right? No. The huge, scary jump. In some situations, that may be what required, but in some situations, you can do, you can do these baby lateral steps. Let's say for those that want to kind of, dip in dip their foot into the podcast game you know they ain't gotta spend 10 g's they ain't gotta you know get the bells and whistles you know sometimes just to try it out Mm -hmm. you know they can get the anchor app and do it from their phone you know and interview a few people through zoom or something right they don't have to get the bells and whistles thing like that but they'll give them enough leeway to try it out to see if they like it to pursue it further Mm -hmm. without you know uprooting their whole family to say hey let me throw all the money over here so yeah like because i've seen a lot of people on both ends do I've seen a lot of people that put everything into one thing and it failed, and mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people that took steps yeah. to, to doing it and they're doing good, right, you know right. I mean? and right. they might have they might even still be at their job, yeah. but they less hours work, yeah, you know, spending a little bit more time there, but they're mm-hmm. making sure they're still straight mm-hmm. on this end. Um, so I mean, like, like you said, it's just it really just basically depends on your life and right. how your, your life is structured, right? Right, right. Okay, so um, what do you want people to take away from this with you? Okay, very simple. Um, Look, just have a lot of patience in whatever you do. Um, If you're going to bet on yourself, like, do it smart, right? Right, right. And build your legacy. Like, like everybody has to have some type of legacy, I I think, in my mind. I feel feel like that's how it should be. Why not do it now? Why not start? taking steps to doing it. You know what I mean? Like we have time whenever you have free time, do Mm -hmm. what you love, you know, and make people happy around you. That's it. Peace and love, baby. And (laughs) you know, that's why I want you to take peace and love and bet on yourself. (laughs) Uh, uh, Dope. Um, what can they find you? Um, everybody can find me at, uh, I'm mostly on a fellas podcast page now. So uh, fellas podcast underscore on uh, Instagram. Uh, YouTube is elevated one TV network. And then my personal uh, IG is standout, standout KO. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me there, but I mostly talk to everybody on, um, on fellas podcast. So that's fellas podcast underscore. And I'm, I'm free to talk anytime. <laughs> uh, dope. So I think this concludes our episode, uh, episode three of What Is Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Marcus at Work. You can find me on Instagram, um, Marcus at Work, all one word, no underscores. Don't follow me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the meantime, I want to give a special uh, shout out to Hot Seven O Two Point Five and Hot Cast Studios. Lovely um, in the background doing her thing. Um, I think that's it. Uh, be great. Focus on the legacy. Leave a legacy, and, uh, and get off the couch for a second, man. <laughs> hey, pivot in life. <laughs> pivot in <laughs> life. <laughs>